You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. I want to ask you to stand as we go to the Word of the Lord, and we're going to go back to the book of Exodus. We are in week three of our deliverance series. We have one more week. Next week will be the final part of our deliverance series. It will be the culmination. I'll be sharing a special testimony, Lord willing, with you next Sunday, and you won't want to miss that. But thank you for being here tonight. Uh, today, I take you to Exodus chapter number 8. Exodus chapter number 8, and I'm going to read four verses, five verses here. We'll read from verse 20 through 24. Five verses we'll read from 20 to 24, reading in the King James, and then I'm going to read verse 23 in the New Living Translation. But he says here in Exodus chapter 8 and verse 20, And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Else if thou wilt not let my people go. Behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground whereon they are. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end. Thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division. Somebody say division. division. Between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And the Lord did so. And there came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh and into his servant's house and into all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. Verse 23 in the New Living Translation says this, I will make a clear distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. Week three, I'm here to preach to you today that deliverance comes in distinction. Deliverance comes in distinction. Let's lay our Bibles down and ask the Lord to have his way these few moments here we have together. Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for every blessing. I thank you for every promise. And I thank you for your word this morning. And I ask today that the Holy Ghost would have your way in our life. I pray today that your word, God, would be able to cut away and mold and shape us, God. Challenge us, inspire us, encourage us for your glory and for your purpose, God. Today, we are your people, God. We want to be your people. And I pray right now that the blessing of the Holy Ghost would rest upon someone in this house today. God, to those that are hungry, fill them today. Let the thirsty God, Lord, be satisfied in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we give the Lord praise and glory this morning? God, we give you glory. We are here for your purpose. We are here for your honor today. God, we magnify your name today. Hallelujah, Lord. I bless your name. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. And the church said amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated here this morning. Week three, deliverance comes in distinction. Or as the KJV says, division, we could also understand in separation. We are in the middle of a series here and we're talking about deliverance and we are looking at aspects of deliverance as God shows us in the book of Exodus. This is the story of the children of Israel coming out of bondage and going forth to what eventually would be their inheritance or the promised land that God gave them. Our series is titled Deliverance from Bondage to Blessing. That's why the song we just sang a few moments ago is so powerful because we are blessed. We are a blessed people. And there's a a testimony in that song which is taken from the Old Testament promise God gave to Abraham and not only to Abraham but by extension the children of Israel. He said that you will be blessed in the city and you will be blessed in the field. If you are my people and you are walking according to my word and you are under my authority and you are living in my purpose and you are separated unto me. God gave them the promise that you will be blessed. It doesn't matter if you're in the city or in the field. It doesn't matter your location. It does not matter your situation. The blessing of the Lord will be with you. I'm thankful today that I am a witness and I am a testimony in the year 2020 that it does not matter where I am or what circumstance life brings me to, I have known the blessing of the Lord. He's blessed us in the midnight hour and he's blessed us in the morning. We're looking at deliverance from bondage to blessing. It's that testimony. It's that experience that I have that I want to share with you. In week one, we looked at deliverance comes by Authority, And we saw how in order for deliverance to take place, that God's authority or the authority of the Lord must be activated and at work, amen, without restraint, without resistance in our life. We looked at the fact that the word of the Lord is the ultimate authority, that deliverance will happen, will not happen without our submission to God's Authority, And finally, that it's by authority and our obedience that we go from bondage to blessing. Last week, we looked at deliverance comes with purpose. And that is this, that God has a specific purpose for each and every one of us. And that purpose is that we may worship him. Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go that they may worship me. They're not going to serve you any longer. They're not going to worship you any longer. They're not going to be in your cultural system, but they are going to worship me and my purpose and your purpose here today is that we would not serve our flesh, that we would not serve this world, that we would not serve another, but that we would serve and worship the Lord God Almighty alone. He has a purpose for us. 
That purpose is worship. We looked at also we do not get to choose the path of our worship. God may take us through a wilderness. God may take us through a place, but that doesn't change our purpose. And if we'll let the purpose of God get inside of our heart and our soul, we can go through darkness and we can go through storms and we can go through trials and tragedies because the purpose that God has for us, amen, he will see us through to the end. He will take us all the way through the end. And there is that confidence that Paul said, he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it. He will bring it to pass. So today we come to week three and we see the third characteristic of deliverance with the children of Israel. And that is the characteristic of distinction, of separation. God makes his people stand out. Deliverance comes in distinction. And the first thing we understand here today is that God makes his people stand out. Why they stood out was because of the blessing of the Lord. Hear me today. You stand out. When God gets a hold of your life, you're going to stand out from the rest of the world. When God gets a hold of your soul, when the Spirit of God is at work in your life, you're not going to be like everybody else. You're going to be different. There's going to be something different about you. You're not going to be able to hide it. You're not going to be able to mask but you will stand out and what's going to stand out about you is going to be the blessing of the Lord. This is what the word of God said. He said, you go tell Pharaoh that I will make a distinction between my people and your people. You go and tell Pharaoh that Egypt typified bondage. It typified sin. It typified idolatry. It typified serving the flesh. It typified serving man as your God. And God says, my people are going to be distinct from your people. Everyone that serves serves the flesh, everyone that serves man's agenda, everyone that walks after the form and fashion of this world, they're going to be different. There will be a distinction. And he said the distinction is going to come in this, that when the plagues of this life fall upon this earth, he said it's going to hit everybody. It's going to come into every house except for those that are called by my name. There is going to be a distinguishing difference upon my people. Can I tell you, I don't want to look like the rest of the world. Amen. Because I want to enjoy the blessings of the Lord. I don't want my life, I don't want my life story to look like everybody else. I don't want the book on my life. I don't want my autobiography to end like everybody else. But I want to be set apart and I will be I'm a child of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So there was a blessing on their lives that was not on the lives of those that did not serve and did not worship God. This was most notable in the plague of the flies. The flies, the ten plagues that come upon Egypt. 
This was that third plague. And here now God says there's going to be a distinguishing of my people here. And from this point on, all of the plagues that would come, Israel would not be part of it. Israel would be spared. Israel would be kept by that. I'm going to tell you, as we see this world wrapping up, as we see the end times coming upon us, and I don't know how much longer we have, Brother Bollinger, before the Lord is coming back, but as we're declares he's going to come back and he gives us markers and he gives us signs that we can look for and as we see this culminate in our generation like no other generation before surely we can say that the end is near it's drawing nigh and as we see that happen amen we're going to understand that there's certain things that are going to come upon this earth and there are certain things that are going to come upon this world but we are not a fear we are not afraid we are not concerned. We are not worried. Number one, we know how it all ends, but number two, we are the child of the king. And we know that if God kept Israel, God can keep his people. Amen. I'm not worried. Is this all right today? Now, I think we ought to be careful. We ought to be cautious. We're very cautious here. By the way, we've got hand sanitizer stations all over. So use those. Use those. We ought to be refilling those hand sanitizer things. Come on, a lot more than we are. We put them up there, but amen, Sister Earlene, we need to be refilling those a little bit more. We know how, we know how much you're washing your hands because we can tell. We can tell by how much we're replacing the soap and all that stuff. Use it. So you, you, you got to be smart and all that stuff. And I know, but this world is in a panic right now. They are in a panic. I'm, I'm reading things like headlines, and I, I don't know if, if this is justified, but things, I read a headline, I think it was Friday. They said expecting 15 million people going to die from the, uh, the coronavirus. I don't know if that's true or not, but I will tell you this, that as a child of God, I'm not in panic. I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. Because there was a, is this all right? There was a promise that God gave to Israel. And he said, if you will live for me, you're going to be distinct. And he said, when you go into the promised land, there's going to be people that are living all kinds of heathen lifestyles. They're going to be living immoral lifestyles. And there will be diseases that come upon them as the result of their sinful ways. But God gave them this promise. And he said, none of those diseases will come upon you. Hallelujah. I, I, I am glad today, amen, that I am a child of the king and I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry if God allows something to come to me, amen, I'm not worried about that because then God has permitted it. And as I said before, if he permitted it, then he purposed it and he's going to work it out for his own glory. And I don't have to concern myself with it. But God has given us a distinction. Hello. Hello, I'm preaching to somebody today that you're living beneath the level that God has for you. The same fear and the same doubt and the same depression that goes upon the rest of the world, the same concern, the same burdens that lay upon them are not upon the child of God because God says, I'm going to separate my people. Literally, look at what happens. We go to Exodus chapter number 10. And in Exodus chapter number 10 and verse 22, here uh, uh, Moses tells Pharaoh, he said, here's what's going to happen. He, and Moses stretched forth his hand from toward heaven. And there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another. Neither rose any from his place for three days. 
days. I don't know, have you ever been outside in the wilderness when you cannot see in front of you? It's only one happened one time in my life because you have to go to, and it's hard to do it in America, you have to go to a dark site where there's no light, no light pollution, and then you have to go to a cloudy night because even without the moon, if it's a new moon, even the stars you can still see, and if you hold your hands up, there's just enough that you can still make your way. So you have to go to an absolute dark site, and then it has to be completely overcast. And I'll never forget the year we were up in the upper peninsula of Michigan, and we were driving along Lake Superior, and we pulled off, and we turned our lights off, and we got out, and we were standing in this predicament, this situation, and we could hear, we wanted to walk to the water, but we couldn't see the water, and we could hear the water. It wasn't that far from us, and we could hear Lake Superior, but we, I literally was standing there, and I held my hand in front of my face, could not see my hand in front of my face. We were too afraid. We didn't venture very far from the car, because we know hey, we could get lost out here really quick. It could happen until another car comes by by chance with their lights. And so you're in a dark side. This is what God said. He said happened in Israel. He said it was so dark that they could not see. I'm not, I'm not like there was no radiant light at all. They could not see and they did not move from their place. That was how dark it was. But read the rest of the verse. It says, but... All the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Here was the rest of the world. They couldn't see their hand in front of their face. They didn't know which way to go. They were afraid of which step to take. They were held captive in the circumstance of their life but the children of the Lord they're walking over here they've got light they're not affected by that there was a confidence hey there was an illumination that came in their life I'm going to tell you when everybody else in the world is held hostage in their situation and they don't know what to do God says to the people of God I'm going to give you light you're not going to sit in darkness you're not going to be afraid Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, there is a distinction. Hold on. So God was teaching them, without him, there's darkness, but with him, there's light. Amen. Do you want to be distinct? Okay, let's go on. Exodus chapter 11. Chapter 11 and verse 4, look at what he says. He says to them, And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out in the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beast. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be it like it anymore, but against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. I don't know if you can get that in the New Living Translation. I don't have that here with me, but go to the New Living Translation, Exodus 11, 6 and 7. If you can go to 6. It said, then a loud way 
will rise throughout the land of Egypt a wail like no one has heard before or will ever hear again. But amongst the Israelites, it will be so peaceful that not even a dog will bark. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. God was teaching them something. God was letting them know, without me, you're going to live in darkness. With me, you're going to live in light. You're not going to be like the rest of the world, but you're going to live in light. Without me, he said you're going to be wailing and you're going to be in terror and there's going to be, there's going to be whore. He said, because I am the one that is the giver of light. We would learn later on that all the firstborn belong to God. Every single one of the firstborn in the house, the Israelite would go and they would consecrate and they would give a sacrifice acknowledging that the firstborn belongs to God. That the firstborn of any family unit, whenever that breach of life was open and began to flow, God says, that's mine. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. You did not do that, but I did that. Life belongs to me. And I'm giving it to you so that you would show my glory, so that you would raise them up. The firstborn belongs to me. Your family belongs to me. And so God tells the Israelites, when you do not acknowledge me, when you do not honor me, what I have given you will die. Every promise I've given you will die. Without me, every future I've given you will die. Without me, your life will die. Without me, your posterity will die. But with me, hallelujah, there's going to be peace. There's going to be security. You don't have to worry. In fact, it's going to be, hear me. He said it's going to be so peaceful, your dogs won't even bark. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, that's what I'm talking about, the blessing that the Lord says I'm going to place upon my people. There's a distinction when you live for God. This is what it means to be chosen. This is what it means to be set apart. This is what it means to be called out. This is what it means to be separated. This is what it means to be peculiar. This is what it means to be distinct. Why would anyone be, want to be like the world? Why are you trying to fit into the world? Hear me today. Let pastor preach a little bit. Why are you trying to fit into the world? Why are you trying to, 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 to co cozy up to those that are sitting in darkness, to those that are wailing in grief and misery? Why, instead of you trying to fit in with the world, why don't you try to reach out to the world and pull somebody out with you and bring them out of darkness into his marvelous light? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So number one, God makes his people stand out. Number two, distinction will be your testimony. Distinction will be your testimony. Amen. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not what I used to be. I don't do the things I used to do. Go with me to Galatians chapter number 5. I didn't give this to them. But we'll go to Galatians chapter number 5. And here we see the works of the flesh versus the works of the Spirit. And we see here, he says in verse 17, or verse 16, This I say, walk in the Spirit, 
And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the lust, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so you cannot do the things that you would. But then, if you are led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. He's talking about things that you used to do, things you may have done, but you don't do anymore. The works of the flesh, he said, are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, hello, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like, of the which I told you before, I've told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So says, I don't want any preacher telling me what to do. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Well, I'm here to tell you that God tells us what to do, and God says there's going to be a distinction. God says when you're my people, there are things that you will not do any longer. When you're my child, there are things that will not happen to you any longer. When you are my child, you are set free. You are delivered. You are taken out of bondage, and you are set free. When you're mine, there is a separation. There is a distinction. Oh, I wish somebody have a desire. I wish somebody would have a hunger, amen, for holiness, for separation, for distinction. God, make a separation in my life. Hear me. I want a hunger for holiness. I want a hunger for separation. You know why? Because I know as I drive throughout my neighborhood, there's all kinds of addictions and depressions and all kinds of demonic things. But I want those things as they make their way through my neighborhood when they come to the threshold of my property. I want them to encounter a spiritual wall. I want them to encounter the blessing of the Lord. I want them to realize, hey, this is a place we can't go. There's a separation. We can put dark everywhere else but here. Yes. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> hear me today, hear me today. There's a whole lot of people within the church trying to tear down the walls of separation and distinction. These are the things that are keeping darkness out. These are the things that God is trying to help you with. And hear this preacher here today, your distinction will be your testimony. Oh, it gets quiet here on Sunday morning sometime, but that's all right, because I'm in the word of the Lord. Go to 1 John chapter 2, and he said this, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. There it is. I do not have an option to hold on to the kingdom of God with one hand, but to grab hold of the world with the other hand. If I love the world, I don't love God. But if I love the Lord, then I'm not going to go after the things of this world. But he says, here it is, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And here's why you want distinction. He said, because the world passeth away and the lust thereof. Come on, it'll take you down a road. It'll wear you out, and then it'll leave you for dead. It's going to pass away. That lust will carry you so far. It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy your marriage. It'll destroy your life. And then why? right when you get 
get to the end, it's going to leave you. And it's not going to stay there. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. <laughs> Come on, there is a constancy. There is a promise. When I live for God, I don't have to worry about tomorrow because I know whatever tomorrow brings, I'm still standing. If I live for God, I don't have to worry about what the world brought because I know I'm still standing. Somebody say yes. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here it is. Here it is. He said, he said, you're going to be different. You're going to be distinct. Deuteronomy chapter number 14. This is the generation that's going to go into the promised land. Look at what he says. He said, you're the children of God. You're the children of God. You shall not cut yourself, nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. There was things that you say, well, that sounds odd. That sounds weird. Well... There, there were ways that they would worship their idols. There were ways that they would worship their gods and, and, and idolatry. When you study ancient idolatry, it was just usually a justification for selfishness, immorality, and different things. But there was things they would do. They would cut themselves. They would, they would do certain things with their heads, and, 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 and uh, they, they would put marks upon their body. There was all kinds of things that they would do, and, and they would try to worship their gods. You, you see this later on when Elijah is there, and the prophets are Baal, are worshiping their God, trying to, he says, the God that calls fire down from heaven. Elijah says, the God that calls fire down from heaven, we'll let him be God. And Elijah stands back and he mocks them and he makes fun of them. He says, well, maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe your God's not here. And the Bible says they cried louder and they cut themselves. They were self-mutilation. They were tearing themselves down. Oh, gods, please come. Can I tell you, there is a demonic, idolatrous spirit that gets into this world that causes people to get to a place where they're self-depraving, where they're cutting themselves, where they're wanting to destroy themselves. I'm going to tell you, that is not of God. If that spirit ever comes into your home, if that spirit ever comes into your house, if it ever comes into a room, if it ever comes upon you, you have authority in the name of Jesus Christ. You ought to rebuke that. God says, you're my child. That's not permitted. That's not allowed. And he goes on and he says here, for thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord hath chosen you to be peculiar unto to himself and he says look you are peculiar when people look at you they're not going to see all of these things he said I don't I, I, I'm, I'm your God you are my people and I get to tell you how you look you're not going to be cutting yourself you're not going to be marking yourself you're not going to be wearing yourself down you're going to be standing strong and firm exactly the way I your father made you you are going to testify that I am what I am because God made me what I am not because of what somebody else did to me not because of what I've done I am who I am because of what God's done and God said that's going to be holy unto me he said I'm going to take authority over how you look and how you are a witness to the rest of the world am I here am I here today am I in the word today God says there's going to be distinction he goes on look at this not only did he say I'm going to take authority over how you look and you're going to be set apart you're going to look the way I created you not the way you think you ought 
ought to look or the way somebody else thinks you ought to look. But he goes on in verse 3. I don't have time to go through it all. But he says, thou shalt not eat any abominable thing. And he gives them certain laws. He says, I'm also going to be your God. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to take and put inside of you. Can I tell you, when we are God's people, we he has authority to tell us what we ought to put inside of us. He has authority to tell us what we ought to digest inside of our heart and our soul and our mind. That's why Paul would stand and say, when you think of things, let it be things that are virtuous. Let it be things that are honorable. Let it be things that are holy. Don't let the abominable enter into your mind because you are not your own, but you have been bought with a price. You are the child of God. And distinction is your testimony. You say, well, I want to look like the world, or I want to be like the world, or look at what they're doing. I want to be able to do that. I'm going to tell you, you can do that. But the moment you do that is the moment you step back into bondage. It's the moment you walk away from God, and it's worse. There's a worse state. There's a worse state. Hear me today. That's why in 2 Corinthians, Paul would write here, in 2 Corinthians, and he would tell us in verse 14, he said, be careful, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Did Paul love unbelievers? Absolutely. Did Christ die for unbelievers? You better believe it. Do we have a mandate to preach the gospel and love every soul? Absolutely. But Paul says that when you're linking up your life together, you don't find somebody that is worshiping idols, that does not acknowledge God, that has no understanding or, or, or spiritual authority in their life, and you don't align yourself to them. He said, this is not right. Don't be unequal. Equally yoked together with unbelievers. Hear me today. I love everybody. We ought to love everybody. We ought to be reaching. We ought to be ministering. But you be careful what you allow yourself to come in, in alignment with in your life. This isn't popular preaching, but I'm not preaching to be popular. I'm preaching to see people saved. I'm preaching to see people delivered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Prisons are full of people that want popular preaching, that followed popular preaching. The bars are full of people that are trying to be living popular religion here. I'm telling you, we're not preaching something popular. We're preaching something powerful, something that can change you, something that can save your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? When I walk into a dark house, talk about dark places people can't see. I've walked into dark homes. I've walked into homes before, and you know, man, there's no Holy Ghost in this home. There's no Spirit of the Lord in this home. Everything's a mess. You walk into those places, amen. I walk into those places, but I go as a beacon of light. I go as a beacon of light. I, I, I am separated. Everybody else, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's like the world has rain everywhere, but everywhere we walk, there's no rain. Everywhere we go, it's raining all around, but where we're at, man, it's sunshine, and it's a blissful, and it's a blessed day. God has blessed our life. We can go through the storm, and we still got right light in our life. He gives us peace that passes all understanding. We can go through things the rest of the world can't handle. Amen. We can't handle it either, but 
God handles it for us because he said, hey, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. He told them, he said, but take my yoke upon you and learn of me and I will be everything that you need. And what concord, he says in verse 15, hath Christ with Belial or the, or the devil? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Don't try to blend your idolatry. Don't try to blend your, your deliverance with God, with the idols of this world. Can I tell you, we got to be careful here. we got to be careful here that we don't try to serve idols in some way, some form or fashion in our life. Hear me, church of God. The quickest way to derail the promises of God in your life is to do what Paul is saying, giving us admonishment not to do. He said, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate. You say, well, God was calling us this place where he's a dictator, and he's got all these rules. No, God was calling us to a place where there was no wailing, where there was no darkness, where there was healing, where there was perfection. He says, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be times in your life where you're going to feel promptings of the Holy Ghost. And you're going to feel promptings of the Spirit. And you're going to be reading the Word of God. And God's going to deal with you about laying things down and letting things go. Hear me today. Don't quench the Spirit in that moment. Don't silence the Spirit. Don't say, hey, that's not what I'm interested in doing. And you turn the Spirit of God. You've got to invite the Spirit. Lord, teach me. Show me. You say, you say, well, this is God speaking to me about something that pastor hasn't told me to do. That's all right. He's God. He's the one. Or I read something in the Word that I've never seen before. That's all right. He's God. Let the Spirit of the Lord lead you and guide you. Let God draw you. Come out from among them and be separate. There's going to be a distinction. There's going to be separation. That separation is your testimony. Finally, I close with this, and that's this. The third point is your distinction is for God's glory. It's for God's glory. First Peter chapter 2 and 9, he says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who called who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light you don't have plagues come down in one area and then all of a sudden it miss a whole area and somebody not say why are you so special what did you do you don't go through the storms of this life and God give you peace as somebody doesn't notice that. And they say, how are you happy? Why are you smiling? Sometimes they'll say it mad. They'll come to you angry. They'll come upset because why are you so happy? What, what have you got to be thankful for? Look at you. They're mad. They're coming out of their own frustration. That's an opportunity to say, hey, hey, don't be deceived. This is not me. It's nothing I've done, but it's what God has done. And what God has done in my life, God can do in your life. I used to be where you're at. I used to sit where you're at, but God got a hold of me. And when I started walking with the Lord, all of a sudden something changed in my life. That you should show forth his praises. Hallelujah. They had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
If you look like everybody else, if you act like everybody else, if you're just like everybody else, there's no testimony, there's no glory, there's no witness, amen. But when the world can look at you and see something different, when they can feel something different, God gets the glory because it's not you that did it. It wasn't you and your own ability, but the Lord gets the glory. Your glory is for God's distinction. If they'll come to the music, don't despise your testimony of distinction. Hear me today, don't despise your testimony of distinction. Hear me today, don't try to steal God's glory either. Don't try to take God's glory. And don't try to change the terms of God's distinction. There's a story in 1 Samuel chapter number 4. The children of Israel had come into the promised land, and here there was a prophet by the name of Eli who was the priest, a man of God. And there was, a, there was a man by the name of Samuel. You know the story of Samuel where his mother brought him to the Lord and dedicated him to the Lord. She prayed, God, I'm barren. Eli comes by and said, what, what's your problem? Why, why are you praying so hard? He said, I want children. So he said, okay, God's going to give you a child. But then... Eli permitted things to happen in the temple that, or the tabernacle that ought never to have happened. And the Ark of the Covenant, hear me, the Ark of the Covenant that we call the Ark of the Covenant was first, before it was called the Ark of the Covenant, it was called the Ark of the Testimony. That was the first thing. It, it typified or it symbolized the abiding presence of the Lord. So in the tabernacle, there was the holy place, and then there was the holy of holies, and inside the holy of holies was the Ark of the Covenant. Once a year, the priest would go in on the atonement day and offer up atonement in that place, and the Spirit of God would come down. Of course, God's omnipresent. He wasn't limited to a locale, but for them, it symbolized the abiding Spirit of the Lord. When they go into the promised land, the priests carry the Ark on their shoulders. And the moment the priest's feet touch the water, the waters part, and they walk over on dry ground. So the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of the Testimony becomes the Ark of the Covenant because they acknowledge that first there was a witness of testimony, but then that, that relationship became a covenant. It became a covenant that they, God says, if you do this, I will do this for you. If you will be my people, I will bless you. I'll do all, none of these diseases will come upon you. I'll give you every blessing. God took them to the promised land and he gave them cities they didn't build. He gave them furniture they didn't buy, praise God. Food they didn't plant. He gave them all of this stuff. But Eli grows older. Samuel's the prophet. And Eli's sons start serving in the temple. They were wicked. The Bible says that in the tabernacle there was all kinds of immorality. There was all kinds of ungodliness. They were acting like the pagans that God had saved them out of. They were acting like the same thing that God had brought them out of. They wanted the miraculous of God. They wanted the blessings of God. But they wanted to change the terms of distinction, and they wanted to be like everybody else. So all of a sudden, they, they had a people, the Philistines come, and they besiege Israel, and they come to war. And God told the children of Israel, if you follow me and serve me, you're, you're going to win every battle. You're not going to worry about it, because the battle's not yours, the battle's mine. 
But when they changed the terms of distinction, when they changed the terms of the covenant and said, we're going to live however we want. We want the miraculous, but we're going to do this. God says, no, that's, that's not the way this works. And, and they displace God. So they go out into battle, and guess what happens? They go out into battle, and when they go into battle, these men that had been living pagan lives, these men that had been committing all kinds of immorality and all kinds of sin, all kinds of, it was a mockery before God and all of humanity. They said, oh, go get the ark. Go get that ark of testimony. Go get that ark of the covenant. And they carried the ark of the covenant upon their shoulders, and they went into battle because they thought, if we could just do this, we'll take the, mir we'll take the miraculous with us. When they went into battle, the Bible says that they lost the Ark of the Covenant. That they died in battle. Servant comes running back to, Ica, uh, to Eli and says to Eli, Your sons have been killed and the Ark of God has been taken. They had lost the presence of God. They had lost the authority of God. They had lost the covenant. And when they lost the covenant, they had lost their testimony. Hear me. Son-in-law, one of the wives, had a child. She gave birth that day, and she named him Ichabod, for the glory of the Lord had departed. I'm going to tell you, don't steal God's glory. Don't try to change the terms of distinction that God has. God says, no, you're going to be my people. And this is how it's going to live. You cannot try to do both. Because if you try to do both, what's going to happen is you're going to lose the Spirit of the Lord. You're going to lose the blessing. You're going to lose the blessing of covenant. And you're going to lose the testimony of God in your life. Distinction is how deliverance comes. Deliverance comes in distinction. It comes in distinction. God says this in Ephesians chapter 5. Stand together with me. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Yes. When I read that verse, wow. God, I'm not without wrinkle. I'm not without spot. I'm not without blemish. God, I'm coming back saying, Lord, forgive me. It's a new day. Paul said, I die every day. And I'm coming back, but, Paul, but God says that someday he's coming back for a church. It's without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. God said, I want to clothe you in my righteousness. You and I can never be righteous enough for God. But God says, I'm going to clothe you in my righteousness. When I say, God, I'm going to surrender to your word and I'm going to surrender to your way, there's, a, there's an invitation. There's an open door of deliverance. We go from bondage and we go to blessing. You're wondering why you can't get ahead in your finances. You're wondering why relationship after relationship fails. Maybe. Maybe it's not everything else in the world. Maybe it's that you need to get your life, come on, under the covenant of God and say, God, I'm going to walk on your terms. I'm going to walk in your way. I want distinction. I'm going to tell you, distinction's a miracle. Because you look around this room, you ought not be here. Come on, some of you. I know your testimony. You shouldn't be here. But you're here by the grace of God. Hallelujah. And what brought you here is what's going to keep you here. Come on, distinction.
distinction. God, I want, I want distinction. I want separation. I want holiness. God, I want you in my life. I want a covering. I, I want a blessing in my life. Come on. Is there somebody that are joining me at an altar today? Is there somebody that will run and say, God, cover my family. Cover my home. God, I want the power of the Lord. I want the authority of the Lord in my life. Come on, somebody. God, in Jesus' name. God, I, I, I want to be blessed not only, God, in the house of God, but I want to be blessed in my home. God, wherever I go, I want the presence of the Lord to walk with me, God. I, I want you to bless everything in my life, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. We can give it to the Lord today. Come on. I'm giving it to the Lord today, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am a child of God. encourage somebody today. This is my hope on encouraging. Now don't, don't get me wrong. I'm preaching today about distinction. I'm preaching about separation. I'm preaching about holiness. You take away all those things, you're missing everything. We're in the last days. In the last days, there's going to be sickness. There's going to be poverty. There's going to be famine. There's going to be all kinds of things. Now we're, we're not above and beyond persecution. So we may be very well persecuted by this world. That's, that's the case. But I do believe that we have a promise. And in the children of God, in the last days, what's going to happen? Do not panic. The world's going to panic. But God's going to sustain his people. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I know I'm in the, I know I'm in the word of the Lord. Not only in the word of the Lord, I know I can say it from testimony. Now, there have been seasons, there have been nights, there have been days where I've thought, God, if you don't come through, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. I'm faithful in my tithing. I don't say that to boast, but you be faithful in your tithing. You be faithful in things. You put God's program to work. Sister Kessler, it's come down to the last moment, the last hour of the day. But God has many times in my life, out of nowhere, like the prophet had, a raven came. I don't, sometimes I don't even know where it came from. My wife and I lived eight years evangelizing. We never set an offering. Whatever people sent to us, there's times where we went through things. God always provided financially. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The devil is a liar. I refuse. If God is the Lord, I refuse to let finances dictate my life. I ref hear me. I refuse to let finances dictate my faith. I refuse. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to worship. The same with finances. The same with health. In Jesus' name, there is no thing that is allowed to come into my house unless God permits it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So while the rest of the world is going to panic, the church ought to just step back and enjoy the blessing of distinction. Come on. I'm not living this life of holiness so I can tell everybody I'm something. I'm living this life so that God can get glory, so that his son should, come on, so that God's work can come into my life. Don't throw 
away what God has given you. Your distinction, your separation. Amen. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Can we thank the Lord? Lift your hands. Thank God right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you today. I thank you today. God, we are blessed. We are blessed. Thank you for taking us from bondage to blessing. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. God, I don't want to go back. I don't want to return. I don't want to fall into alignment with anything in this world that's going to take us away. In the name of the Lord. God, we're not going to argue with you. We're not going to change your terms. But God, we're going to stand upon the word in truth and faith in Jesus' name. Oh.